Lifeway Leadership Podcast Network. to EST. If you love the established church, this is the place to have conversations about why the established church matters, how to better serve her, and to hear stories every week about how God is using the church for his glory and our good. The show is hosted each week by Sam Rayner, Josh King, and Micah Fries. We're glad you're here. Hey, and good morning. Welcome to another episode of EST, the podcast for established church leaders by established church leaders. We're so glad that you are listening. Hope that it is encouraging. Every week we get um, Twitter or Facebook messages letting us know that something on the show encouraged you. So we're so glad about that. Just do us a favor and make sure that you share or reshare the podcast and, um, you know, let other people know so it can encourage them as well on the show. Make shows. sure you're subscribed to the podcast. Uh, yeah. Definitely do that. That's a big one. What, where do you guys listen to podcasts if you do and when you do? Google Play. I'm Google everything. I've got a Google phone. I'm a, I'm a Google addict. Me too. I'm you guys are that. not going to like my answer. You're on the i i and I'm on the iTunes podcast uh, iTunes app thing. Yep, I do everything in the iTunes podcast. I do app. like your answers. I just like people being consistent and mm-hmm. uh, and you know iTunes is fantastic. Google Play is also fantastic. They just added a couple new features to the Google Podcast app, which is pretty nice. I like it. So, however you're listening and wherever you're listening, uh, like Cowherd says, uh, thanks for listening to the show. Let's talk about something here. Uh, we're going to bring up the topic of ageism, which is something I'm not completely um, familiar with. So, Micah, could you explain to us sort of your idea on ageism? Well, I mean, ageism is essentially, particularly in the church context, right, is where we prefer people simply because of their age. Um, so, and, and we see this in the church. Now, here's here's the ironic thing about ageism, and Sam is probably better qualified to speak to it. By the way, we need, and we'll put it in our show notes, Sam wrote an article on this topic that is incredibly helpful and uh, wrote it about a month and a half ago, still getting a lot of traction. But basically, we have this sort of irony in the church today where it seems like every church prefers younger pastors and leaders. So, mm-hmm. you know, when, when you ask a church, hey, you're without a pastor, what age are you looking for? I mean, it's 35, 40, 45 years old with 10 years of experience. And, you know, I mean, it's it's that sort of characteristics. Uh, and yet we are increasingly aging as um, a career field, right? Mm-hmm. The pastoral field is aging at the same time as churches seem to be preferring it. Part of that's because um, younger Folks are not moving into senior pastor of established churches, which is a bit of a problem. But when we, those of us who are in established churches are trying to hire and replace, what are we looking for? Are we looking for people of a certain age or what are we doing with those who are older staff members who are in our churches? I, I remember the, my very first pastor um, in life that I remember, I was about four or five years old and he and his wife, we were close to them. He was an IMB missionary, an international mission board missionary, pastoring a church in the Philippines. And we lived in the Philippines and we went to his his, uh, the church he pastored. Years later, when he was uh, sort of retirement age, I remember him saying just with sadness to my dad, he remained real good friends of our families until he passed away about a year ago. I remember him saying to my dad with a lot of sadness, he said, Paul, I have more experience, knowledge, and expertise than at any point in time in my entire life, and nobody wants me to share it. Mm. And uh, I think that's not an unusual problem uh, across churches, but I'd be curious to hear Sam's take on it. 
Yeah, it's it's a trend that we're seeing as baby boomers are nearing retirement. Mm-hmm. And the pendulum is is swinging. It's swinging back to, hey, we want a really young pastor. And everyone defines that differently. But the magical age is somewhere between, you know, 35 and 50. You know, it, 38 and 56, I think is what I put in my blog. You know, it's in that range. And so you guys, long, are, uh, you guys are on the very bottom end of that. You've got a lot uh, yeah. of good years ahead of you. Well, and that's and just it. I mean, yeah. you know, not many churches are looking like, not many churches are saying we want somebody in their 20s, but it's basically somebody right. in their 30s or 40s. And, you know, and, and the irony is, is that there's just not that many younger pastors that are out there who have been, particularly in established church contexts, mm-hmm. um, the, the, there's just a dearth of, of people. You've got a wave of retiring baby boomers, and everyone thinks that the magic bullet is if we hire somebody who's younger, that will draw young people in. And that's mm-hmm. not necessarily the case. Sometimes it happens, but certainly not always. And, you know, and then you get this whole mentality in the church that you need to respect your elders. You know, we're, we're the older folks, but then they want the younger pastor. And it creates all sorts of tensions because nobody quite understands how to, how to manage this new cultural sort of phenomenon that's, that's happening in churches. And, mm-hmm. you know, I've seen some younger guys go to some churches of late, and, and, and I hope that they, that they do well. But if you're a church and you're looking for a pastor and, and you're like one of your primary criteria, one of the things that you're like, we have to have is younger, uh, you, you might be mistaken because, um, you know, I wouldn't lead with that. If somebody happens to be younger, that may be beneficial, but I would not lead with that because, you know, the, um, the median age of a churchgoer is, um, is somebody in their mid to late 50s, believe it or not. Um, and and so, so it's, our, uh, it, so, it's you're say, so you're saying, Josh, our, our churches are are older than the pastors that they want. Yes, is that right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I've got a. This is kind of interesting to me as you guys explain this because uh, when when I came to Conway, which is a um, a larger church, uh, and it is an influential church, and so it's probably more influential than its size would dictate in our community and in our state. And there is a, a constantly communicated shock that Second Baptist Church of Conway hired such a young um, pastor. There's two fronts on it, a young pastor and a non-Arkansan pastor. So I came from the Dallas area, and both of those things were very shocking to people. And uh, a large number of the staff were surprised. The church itself was surprised. The the convention, our faith, our extended faith family, etc. So, after I heard this comment, I don't know four, four or five months, uh, we went to sort of a state thing, and several people walked up to me, and literally, um, one after another, just were like, "Oh, we were so surprised when you went to second. We were so surprised that second called a guy um, that kind of meets your qualifications." And I just never understood why. So I called the chairman one day and said, what was the, were you guys intentionally, were y'all going after a shock factor or were you, you know, what was the deal? Why did you guys do this? Because to everyone else, it was shocking. And um, I remember his name is Jay. Jay was like, no, we really didn't even think about your age. Like it was the qualifications, the other things, the preaching and the revi experience and those sort of things that we were chasing. You just happened to be young. And so we, you know, went with that. And so that was an interesting kind of twist on it. What you're kind of saying there, Sam, is to go after um, a skill set. 
I guess, a skill set. Obviously, the scriptures tell us to go after a character, and so go after a character and a skill set. And then the age thing shouldn't really play a factor. Is there any? Is there any? I don't time think it should it play should? a. Pri- yeah, let me clarify. I don't. I don't think it should play a primary factor. Okay. Um, I, you know, what factor with- should it play? It needs to be part of the conversation, but I wouldn't make it primary. Because if you make it primary, you're automatically excluding those who may be qualified, and wrongly so. Um, you know, it's one thing to say, hey, you know, it'd be, it'd be great if we could get somebody in their 30s because they could be here 25 years. I think that's the way most people are thinking. But if you lead out with that, you're just going to automatically, you're going to automatically be biased. Mm. This is ageism, right? This is discrimination. That's what we're talking about. You're automatically going to discriminate against those who very well may do an excellent job. Um, and, and, and there is an irony to this because everyone wants a multi-everything church. You know, multi-ethnic's big. I say it's, that's great. You know, multi-site's big. I say that's great. I'm very supportive of both of those movements. Um, and then, you know, a lot of churches are like, we're multi-generational. But then, you know, the staff aren't multi-generational. Mm-hmm. Um, here at West Bradenton, one of the things that we've done, we've had several new hires that have come on, and we've been, been intentional to make sure that we hire somebody who is uh, retirement age, somebody who just was recently retired and, you know, felt called to ministry. So what role was that for, though? Does that play a factor in it? Obviously, you're not going to hire a retiree for students. No. Well, you might. I mean, I, I, again, I wouldn't rule that out. Um, in some co- church contexts, that might actually be good. Um, you know, depending on the church. So, I, you know, classic Rainer answer, it depends. Uh, this was for, it was for a senior's role. It was to, to minister to our baby boomers and our seniors. Mm-hmm. And he's a baby boomer. Um, but I wanted, to, but he's on our leadership team. So he's having input with mm-hmm. Jim's, his name's Jim's awesome. Don't know if he listens to this podcast or not, but I'm sure he'll come talk to me if, if he happens to listen to this one. Mm-hmm. Um, but Jim has insight into the, the entire direction of the church. So, we, you, know, you know, we have a leadership plurality here. He's part of that plurality. Um, he's been an elder in another denomination. You know, he's got a boatload of experience. Um, and, you know, he was, um, he's never been in a paid staff position. This is the first time he's paid staff. But, um, man, that, that experience is already paying huge dividends on just wisdom. Mm-hmm. Just, you know, just pure wisdom at the table when we're making decisions. It's not even... Well, he gives us this great perspective of what the old people think. It's, it's not even, he does, but it's not even that. It's just, he's got a lot of life wisdom that, that comes to us with, and we're younger staff, and I'm very grateful for. So, yeah, I think you do need not only a, you know, I would multi-ethnic, multi-site, multi-everything, but don't forget multi-generational. It is, you know, it's very important. We also so, intentionally hired somebody younger to work with, you know, our young adults. Neither position had ever happened here before. Um, young adults and seniors. Uh, now we have some intentionality there, and, and both people have a seat at the table, and it actually works really well. Mm-hmm. So, Sam, as we're thinking through this, there, there's an interesting dichotomy here in that um, I think there is a, a real sort of um, experience where churches are preferring younger leadership. But at the same time, I think older leadership is definitely the more common reality in our churches. No doubt. And, yes. and the, the thing that I think makes it a more difficult struggle is there seems to be sometimes blatant, sometimes under the surface, less specific animosity between generations. And if, if, I, can, if I can make an argument, we need older which, which make up the majority of our staff members, older staff members who are intentionally 
aggressively reaching out to younger potential staff members, coaching and developing them, which will do a couple of things. One, it'll build relationships between these sort of multi-generational leaders, which seems to be a little bit sort of non-existent in a lot of places. And two, it'll create this process of intentionally developing younger leaders, which the church is missing right now, right? We're just, mm-hmm. we're increasingly aging as, as an, as an organ, uh, as a uh, career field. Mm-hmm. I think this hits us on two areas, which I, I really think you, you're kind of um, hinting at there, Micah, but on two levels, our listeners and myself are here. This is the first level is just an emotional reaction to it. I know a number of, I, and probably it's just my age. I've just never really thought about it, but all of most of my friends that are pastors are all what I would consider younger. And there's this general frustration with trying to get hired on at churches because of the other factors, not necessarily because of their age, but the other factors that they can't possibly manufacture, like, you know, 15, 20 years of experience in a church over 500 or something like that. They just, or, you know, those sort of factors, those are the ones that kind of frustrate them. The other side of this is as a pastor, as a person who does hiring, um, just thinking through that, I don't know that I'm just trying to come up with a reality in my brain in which, you know, a senior adult would be a good youth minister or a college minister or depending on our style of worship, the kind of worship. I mean, it just um, or a super like a super young adult being a senior adult minister. I just think that there's a relation factor there to where um, age ism or or maybe the tendency towards ageism in the lead pastor position that's something to talk about but once it becomes the other pastors they're so geared towards age demographics that you would of course you would go in that direction i would think okay so uh, it's a great point josh Mm -hmm. um and i hear you and and i would i would say most churches probably are not going to hire a 75 year old student pastor Mm -hmm. I, I, i would say that that's that's true. No, not to say that we haven't seen. I've seen that. I'm, I'm sure you have as well. And they're fantastic. But just in general, like but you're saying. For those of us who have ever managed um, somebody right out of college in kind of a key role in the church, um, there's a lot of headaches that come with somebody who is younger, um, y- y- if you've ever managed that. And there's some dangers that are there as well. Um, if you have a 21-year-old student pastor, I mean, there's mm-hmm. just some, you know, realities that, that come with that, too. So I guess what I'm saying is, and the reason that we're talking about this, is not that it's, it's not that you're asking the question. Of course you should ask the question, you know, what age would be appropriate for this role? And, you know, what, what kind, can a 75-year-old do this? And those are good questions. It is the discrimination that comes mm-hmm. from age. That's really, that's what ageism is. So it's not that you would ask the question, it's that you would automatically exclude somebody from being in a position, or what my blog was about more was um, letting somebody go because of their age. Oh wow! You know that that that. Ha- and so I think of our I think of our listeners. I think a lot of people can. It's not so much on the hiring end as it is the firing. And there are there are many 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 stories of people who were let go because well you're just too old, and that is completely inappropriate. Yeah. What does um, that look like? How does that actually flesh out in a church? I, th- I think it happens a lot in student ministry. I think it happens a lot in worship ministry. Um, it, it certainly happens in other roles as well, but I think those are the two predominant ones. And, and people aren't given a chance. I mean, we should, you know, don't assume that older workers can't learn. I mean, you, you need to give them the the opportunity to to learn. Now, if somebody just doesn't learn and doesn't grow and doesn't stay with the times and isn't relevant, 
Well, then, you know, that's that's just that person. That probably doesn't even have anything to do with their age. But, you know, I see I see ageism more on the firing side or, you know, forced resignation. We don't say fire in the church. You know, they, <laughs> they resign, but it's a forced resignation. And it's, you know, kind of that's a whole nother topic. You know, maybe a whole nother <laughs> podcast, a little pet peeve of mine. If you're going to let somebody go, just fire them. That way they can say they were fired and not mm-hmm. forced out. Um, but um, but I do see this on the back end where, you know, somebody gets a little older and it's just like, hey, you know, we're we're just we just it's not it's not working out. A lot of a lot of states, a lot of pastors are at will employees. They don't they're not given a chance. They're just let go. And and I think that that does great harm to the church over time. And if you're an older person in the church, it speaks volumes to you that you know you're not you know your kind, your your age is not welcome here. Um, and and in order and listen, we talk about multi ethnic. You're not going to be multi ethnic church until you have a multi ethnic staff. I agree with that. You're not going to be a, a multi generational church until you have multi generational staff. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but yeah, the point of the podcast is to talk about the discrimination of of age, and I think that's more predominant on the older segment, particularly on the letting people letting people go than it is younger. I'd say that's probably true on the letting people go. I think that where it comes in on the reverse side is just when there's. Um, organizational structures, things like that. It just does seem like, as of late, particularly our faith family, our extended faith family, with the Southern Baptists and other groups, there was a slant towards the older and the younger were the ones not being allowed um, to sit down. So I do think that um, it just depends on the, the setting. But in the church in general, it definitely feels like all the job descriptions are saying that they want a millennial, whatever that is. Yeah, that's a yeah. great distinction. I think the dom- denominational level, you know, for the, the, the you have an older group that is more controlling, no doubt. But I'm talking about the local church level. Right, yeah. Yeah, and Sam, in your article, you list a number of things for churches to stop doing. How can a church move away from blatant ageism that seems rampant in congregations? You asked that question. And then you list a number of things for us to stop doing, some things to consider doing that I thought were really, really helpful. You've already mentioned one of them. You said stop assuming older workers can't learn. I think that's actually really helpful. I think sometimes there's an assumption, well, you know, if you're older, you've just sort of you determine the way you're going to do it. and that's just the way it is. And so maybe we stop doing some training and development with some of our older workers. Um, but you, you also said something that I thought was really helpful. You said we need to be willing to move them into different positions as seasons of life change. Absolutely. Yes. This, so this goes back in my mind to um, the you know good to great, which is a great leadership book that says make sure you have the right people on the bus and to make sure you have the right people in the right seats on the bus. And uh, sometimes we can have the right people on the bus, but then over time they need to be moved from one seat to another seat just to help them continue to thrive and their ministry thrive. And that may be a better option than just simply asking them to move on to a different area of ministry because of age or whatever the case might be. Talk through that a little bit more if you can. Yeah, well, one of the best moves that you can make when you're when you're a lead pastor or personnel committee or board of elders is to think about not just, well, this person can't do this job anymore, whatever it is, or they're not the right person anymore. Instead of removing them completely from the church, sending them on, firing them, forcing them out, whatever it is, think about where else they can serve. And obviously, from a spiritual standpoint, they're part of the body. Uh, you know, if they're not, if there's no discipline issues there, if they've done well, um, you know, I really like taking that posture of let's think about how we can move them to a different role as opposed to they just don't need to be here anymore. Um, and by the way, a lot of people who get later on in life may be willing, you know, if it's a financial issue, um, they may say, well, I'm 66 years old. You know what? I can move to a part time role. 
I mean, they, they may be able to do that. You need to ask those questions. You need to give them options. You need to get their input on what they may want to do later on in their life. Um, you know, I've got uh, I've got uh, uh, somebody on my staff, and I just want to be careful because I don't want to reveal too much. But she's she's excellent at what she does, and mm-hmm. um, we've given her the the opportunity to kind of change her role over time. And she's one of our more cutting edge thinkers. Like she's willing to adopt whatever. I mean, and she's older. Like I said, I won't give de- details there, but she would be the first to say, "Let's do it new. Let's do it fresh," and would be willing to learn. Um, so just, you know, particularly your baby boomers, you know, they may look older, some of them, um, because they are retirement age now, but a lot of them are all for, I mean, they grew up in the sixties. They, you know, they're all for like, let's try something new. Let's try something Mm -hmm. fresh. Don't assume that. Um, so yeah, just because, you know, somebody may enter, enter into a different season of life. You may still want them on your team. Right. Practically speaking. Let me just be real. You know, you may you may quote unquote fire somebody that's you know. Let's just throw a number out there: sixty thousand dollars a year. Mm-hmm. You know, I, and then you may lose two hundred thousand dollars a year in giving because you fired them. Because you fired that person. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so not that you want to make decisions like that, but there's those are some things that probably should weigh in a little bit. You know, hey, we can we can force a lot of people out and get the church exactly where we want it. In the meantime, you bur- may burn a lot of bridges and find yourself hurting for the next five or 10 years. Let me, let me throw something into the conversation here that I think sets us up for this problem, and it has really nothing to do with age um, in a way, but it creates this problem I've seen over and over in churches is this. Um, sort of the personnel, the way that um, specifically raises are given or bonuses are given or just the way that salaries are set. So a lot of times because that's not well thought through, then you have people who have been around for a little while and usually they do that does equal to older staff people, but sometimes it's not that old of a staff person. But just because they've been around for a while and the church has a uh, a, a, a poorly thought through personnel policy or the way that they do staffing, these positions accumulate this large uh, package or their sometimes their pay is way out of whack for their peers in those positions or on the staff positions. I've even seen churches where, um, you know, what we would consider maybe a third level position is making a much larger salary than even, you know, an associate pastor or, or something along those levels simply because um, he or she has been on staff for just several years. And so what happens is those positions get cut or you got to go after that position because the salary is is um, exorbitant, all because it was a poorly thought through decision way earlier. And you can't go back and ask them. I mean, it's just kind of an odd thing to ask them to, to pull back some of that. So I would say that's one of those factors as I'm looking through your, your post here, um, something what was it that jumped out at me? Something about stewardship or cutting in stewardship. I'm right. absolutely with you. Don't don't cut somebody because of their age, but sometimes we think it's the age, and really it's a, a poor personnel um, decisions that have been happening for decades. Where I've seen churches that just give a raise, period, no matter what, every single year. And uh, it's not cost of living raise. It's just, boom, here's a raise. And over time, man, that can add up significantly and, and here's the thing you can't blame that person for just saying yes to more money absolutely not i mean that's not that person's fault if, mm-hmm. if you've made poor to sit for financial decisions you know stewardship decisions in your church and you've just done that i mean if, if you give a 10 percent raise every year just because well that's on you right. i mean 
you know, th- that person's just going to say, well, sure, thank you. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and, uh, it, it, that, that's, but that's not on that person. So you can't hold that against them. Right. So that would be one thing to kind of curb. You can start fixing that will not put you in a position where you're thinking, oh, we've got to let go of this person. You're thinking their salary's exorbitant, but when you look at it, um, it's, the, it's the older staff people who have been there for a while or just have been on the planet for a while. So I'm looking through your list here. This is really great stuff. Yeah. And if you, if you're just, yeah, go, yeah. Thanks for the plug. Um, yeah. And here, let me, let me just speak to one of my pet peeves mm-hmm. real quick. Stop hiring people because of the way that they look. Mm. Please. How many, how many search committees are out there looking at a lead pastor, student pastor, worship pastor, whatever the position. And it's like, they, they look the part. Whether well, out of that the three be, of us, you're the one that's going to win that that position. <laughs> Micah, Micah, Micah has a face for radio, so uh, uh, I love I the podcast format. And uh, yeah, and I, I really don't have that that hair Je- that looks like my age. So Je- Jesus himself had no appearance appearance that we should desire him. But you had know, cool hipster clothes, though. Yeah, I mean, whether it's suit and tie or hipster clothes, stop it. <laughs> Just stop it, churches. Well, this is how it. you get in trouble. This is how you get in big trouble. You hire somebody because of the, their age and the way that they look, whether mm. that be old or young. Stop it. Be- hire based upon qualifications, fit, calling, chemistry, all of those things. Don't hire somebody because, wow, they look really good. Mm-hmm. Um, if they do, wonderful. They can't help that. That's how God created them. But don't hire them because of that. Yeah. Very good. Any? Uh, I'm curious about the feedback that you've gotten since you've posted this. Any sort of comments or topics resonating? Or are there any general themes arising? Just As a lot of hurt. When I posted this, because you know, I, you know, I thought... I'd just been thinking about, you know, because we were intentionally hiring somebody that's older. And so that's what got me thinking about, man, there is a lot of ageism in the church. There's a lot of churches that just blatantly say, hey, we're looking for a young pastor, you know, and we're not looking for an older pastor. And and that's just blatant and wrong and silly. Um, And so it just got me thinking. So I posted this article, you know, I, I didn't see a whole lot that was out there on it. And I think ageism is probably most rampant in the church of all places, a place that's supposed to be multi-generational and respecting your elders and all of that mm-hmm. um but the main thing that i you're talking about feedback that i got just a lot of hurt just um, i mean messages you know some public on my blog some private emails sure. just people that are just saying you know hey you this this happened to me let me i was let go because some, of my age some clarity from both of you guys because one of the things i've always heard and i think a lot of people do here and this is the argument for getting um somebody younger or somebody older on the at the table is that you know the tenure up, tenure down thing. So you can you can effectively minister to people um, within that swath. Ten years older than you, and ten years younger than you. And so um, you you want to be right now. I kind of cover the full young adult thing, but I do need some senior adults to weigh in into that. So that's one of the arguments for that. Well, then why wouldn't that be an argument if a search team is going, man, our our city is young. Um, we're in this hip area or something like that. And so if we hire a 70 year old, I mean, he can only go 60 to 80, you know, like, well, why wouldn't that be a logic that says we need to get somebody that fits within the median age of our community? Uh, You know, like I said, it can weigh into the conversation. It can, Mm -hmm. it can be part of the questions that you ask. I mean, 
but it doesn't need to lead out, I guess is what I'm saying. I mean, what I'm talking about is churches that are like blatantly and specifically saying, we're looking for this look, this style, this kind of person at this kind of age. Um, I just think that's a wrong way to lead out. Yes, if you're in a college town and the median age in your church is 28, you know, it's it's definitely something to say, you know, hey, if we hire somebody who's older, what does that do? How does that person relate? I mean, those are good questions. Just don't mm-hmm. lead out with that. You may actually find that, you know, that median age church of, you know, 28 needs somebody who's 53, 55. And all of a sudden it just clicks because, you know, they just, and they know how to connect. I'm just, I'm just saying don't automatically exclude or discriminate based upon age. Mm. Very good. I think that's some interesting points. I have heard uh, from some of my mentors uh, sort of the remark that nobody wants a pastor in his 60s. Nobody wants a pastor in their late 60s, very that true. sort of thing. And uh, I see that frustration um, from their point of view. I also see the frustration from the younger as well when they're like, you know, they want these kind of qualifications. I do think that a lot of that is just really, really poor teaching on in our in our particular kind of churches, the the pastor search team, the people that are making that decision, they just have a really bad idea of what they're looking for, and um, it almost has nothing to do with scriptural qualifications. It's just all these uh, demographic things that uh, lead people astray. So, any other final closing comments on you guys, Micah? We want to make sure that you weigh in on the talk about old people. So, do you want to um, do you want to say what you're back in your day? Do you have any comments? <laughs> I am in, I'm increasingly noticing gray hair in my life, and so I don't don't re, I don't really appreciate those comments. <laughs> yeah, well, you're still a great pastor. Both of you are. So before we sign off, just want to make sure that everybody has listened to Five LQ podcast with Todd Atkins and Daniel M. Um, they are part of the Lifeway Leadership Podcast Network family. They've recently interviewed leaders like Albert Tate, Rosario Butterfield, and Paul Tripp. Just look up five leadership questions. That's the number five leadership questions on your favorite podcasting app, which should be Google Podcast or the lesser known iTunes and subscribe to it today. Thank you so much for listening and we'll catch you next week. You've been listening to EST, a discussion for the established church. Make sure to follow us on Facebook and Twitter, as well as subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes, Google Play, or your favorite podcatcher. Thanks for listening. EST is proud to be a part of the LifeWay Leadership Podcast Network.